Welcome to Thunderstruck with the Jetsons and the IT Privacy and Security Weekly Update for November 16th, 2021. We start this week tunefully with a story we missed out of the pawn to own challenge that will have you headbanging in the aisles before fulfilling a request for more oil for R2-D2. In between, we learn why bragging could end up getting you poorly fed why popular programming languages could be bad for IoT devices, why you can't really complain if you see giant cutouts of boats in the desert, and we wonder if you can help us find Intel, another boxing coach. We end with mice, scorpions, and robots in a trilogy that could have the animal rights leak chasing our tails. All that aside, this really is the most superb IT privacy and security weekly update yet. So let's get thunderstruck with George, Jane, daughter Judy, and their boy Elroy. We start this week's pod with a global story from Bleeping Computer. Pawn to own, printer plays, ACDC. The third day of Pontone saw the F-Secure Labs team turning an HP LaserJet printer into a jukebox using a stack-based buffer overflow to play ACDC's Thunderstruck. So what's the upshot for you? We admit we missed hearing this little escapade last week, so with great humility, bring you what must be one of the funniest hacks yet. Remember, this printer has no speaker as you sing along to ACDC. Out of Russia, from CyberScoop, comes self-described king of fraud, who's sentenced to 10 years. A Russian man who once described himself as the king of fraud for his role in orchestrating a multi-million dollar crime spree was sentenced Wednesday to 10 years in prison. Alexander Zukov, 41, was convicted in May of defrauding U.S. advertising companies out of 7 million U.S., in part by using botnets to artificially inflate web traffic. Working with a small network of cyber criminals, Zukov directed bot traffic to inauthentic websites, charging marketing companies to run advertisements on websites that attracted little, if any, real visitors. Two of Zukov's associates have pleaded guilty to involvement in the 3VE scheme, also known as MethBot, while six others have faced charges for the alleged roles in the effort. So what's the upshot for you? Have fun. We hear the food is great. Our next story is global and comes to us from AT&T Cybersecurity. Millions of routers, IoT devices at risk from Botanigo malware. Executive summary. AT&T has found new malware written in the open source programming language Golang, deployed with more than 30 exploits. It has the potential of targeting millions of routers and IoT devices. Key takeaways. Botanigo has more than 30 different exploit functions to attack a target. The malware creates a backdoor and waits to either receive a target to attack from a remote operator through port 19412 or from another related module running on the same machine. It is yet unclear which threat actor is behind the malware and the number of infected devices. Background, Golang, also known as Go, is an open source programming language designed by Google and first published in 2007 that makes it easier for developers to build software. According to a recent Inteaser post, the Go programming language has dramatically increased in its popularity among malware authors in the last few years. The site suggests there has been a 2,000% increase in malware code written in Go being found in the wild. 
So what's the upshot for you? Some of the reasons for its rising popularity relate to the ease of compiling the same code for different systems, making it easier for attackers to spread malware on multiple operating systems. Our next story out of China comes to us from Reuters. China builds mock-ups of U.S. Navy ships in an area used for missile target practice. If you want to send a message, build mock-ups in the shape of U.S. Navy aircraft carriers and other U.S. warships. Use them as training targets for ballistic missile testing in the desert of Xinjiang, China, that U.S. satellites will pick up in their ever-present flyover surveillance. So, what's the upshot for you? Neighboring countries concerned about the missiles hitting other ships around the target when the testing is done in the open seas can't complain about similar testing on dry land. Our next story comes to us from Intel and is global. Knocked for six, the once mighty Intel can't seem to get up off the floor. Intel has acknowledged two high severity flaws in a range of processors used in laptops, cars, and Internet of Things devices that can enable hackers with physical access to gain escalated privileges to those systems. In a security alert, Intel said that both bugs concern BIOS firmware issues. CVD 2021-0157 involves insufficient control flow management, and CVE 2021-0158 encompasses improper input validation. Both flaws carry a common vulnerability scoring system, or CVSS base score, of 8.2. That's 8.2 on a scale of 1 to 10. So, what's the upshot for you? The issues affect the Pentium, Celeron, and Atom processors of the Apollo Lake, Gemini Lake, and Gemini Lake refresh platforms used in mobile devices, embedded systems, and Internet of Things devices, such as smart home appliances and medical equipment. The flaw also affects cars that use the Intel Atom E3900 chip, including the Tesla Model 3. Now, if we were betting folk, which of course we aren't, we might imagine that most of those buggy bits will never, ever be updated by their manufacturers. Our next story out of the U.S. comes to us from IT News. Security vendor stirs controversy using undisclosed flaw for months. The reveal of a critical vulnerability rated as a 9.8 out of 10 affecting Palo Alto Network's firewall appliances with the Global Protect Portal VPN enabled is creating controversy in the security industry as it appears one vendor used it for close to a year for red team penetration testing before disclosing it to the vendor. Security vendor Randori developed a working exploit for CVE 2021-3064 flaw that affects multiple versions of PanOS that runs the firewalls in question, leaving over 10,000 of the internet-facing devices exposed to exploitation by hackers. In December 2020, Randori says it began authorized use of the vulnerability chain as part of its automated red team attack platform. It wasn't until September and October this year, however, that Randori disclosed the buffer overflow and HTTP smuggling bugs to Palo Alto Networks, which assigned a common vulnerabilities and exposures identifier to the flaws. Palo Alto Networks issued patches the following month, but Randori has yet to explain why it took some nine months to report the vulnerabilities to the vendor. So what's the upshot for you? This rant explains how most feel about Randori now. Quote, I can't stop thinking about this at Randori Attack. Can you help me understand why the logic behind finding a vulnerability and sitting on it and exploiting your red team customers with it for almost a year before disclosing it to the vendor? I assume I'm missing a perspective here, and I'm curious. Jay Jacobs, November 10, 
2021. From TechCrunch comes another China story. China's next generation of hackers won't be criminals. And uh, that could be a problem. In 2017, the Central Cyberspace Administration of China announced an award for world-class cybersecurity schools, a program that currently certifies 11 schools in the same way some U.S. government agencies certify universities as Center of Academic Excellence in Cyber Defense or Operations. But having a new pool of talent untainted by criminal activity is not reason enough to change China's operational approach. Efforts to professionalize state hacking teams are also directly linked to President Xi's political goal of reducing corruption. Xi's recent purge of China's state security services demonstrates the risk officials run by enriching themselves using government resources. The implications of these measures suggest that the Chinese hackers that the world's companies and intelligence services are accustomed to defending against will be far more professional by the end of the decade. So what's the upshot for you? Well, this shift in Chinese cyber capabilities will be felt abroad as the list of targeted countries and entities grow. Espionage priorities that long languished near the bottom of the list are likely to receive renewed attention as the roster of state hackers swells. These campaigns will not be more sophisticated than past operations, since China's hacking teams are already on par with the best, but they will become more frequent. Remember, spying is not against the rules, so probably other countries need to up their game too. As an example, last summer, NATO identified 500,000 unfilled cybersecurity jobs. This next story is global and comes to us from Robinhood, under the hood. Robinhood announces data security incident update. From Robinhood, November 16, 2021, at 9.55 a.m. Pacific Time, we're providing the following update to keep our customers and other members of the Robinhood community informed on the data security incident. We previously disclosed that based on our investigation, the unauthorized party obtained a list of email addresses for approximately 5 million people, as well as full names for a different group of approximately 2 million people. We've determined that several thousand entries in the list contain phone numbers, and the list also contains other text entries that we're continuing to analyze. We continue to believe that the list did not contain social security numbers, bank account numbers, or debit card numbers, and that there has been no financial loss to any customers as a result of the incident. We'll continue making appropriate disclosures to the affected people. So what's the upshot for you? Hmm. Our next story gives us a little more insight. From securityweek.com, out of the U.S., FBI hacker offers to sell data allegedly stolen in the Robinhood breach. The hacker who last week sent out thousands of fake emails from FBI systems is offering to sell data allegedly stolen in the recent breach at mobile stock trading platform Robinhood. Robinhood noted at the time that the hacker had demanded an extortion payment, suggesting that the attack was conducted by a profit-driven cybercriminal. Sure enough, a few days after Robinhood disclosed the incident, someone offered to sell the data allegedly stolen from the company on a well-known, publicly accessible hacker forum. The seller said they were looking to get at least five figures for the data, noting that this is highly profitable if in the right hands. The individual who's offering to sell the Robinhood data is known online as Pom Pom Purin, the hacker who took credit for sending out thousands of emails last week from an email address belonging to the FBI. More than 100,000 fake emails were sent out informing recipients about a threat actor in their systems. The hoax emails claimed the threat actor was a security researcher who suggested after the incident came to light that the operation was the work of a cybercriminal he had previously exposed. It's unclear if Pom Pom Purin was indeed involved in the Robinhood hack. The hacker told Bleeping Computer that they had used a rat in the attack on the trading platform, but the company said no malware was involved. 
So what's the upshot for you? We do demand total honesty of our miscreants. Was he or was he not involved in both hacks? Only time will tell. Our next story from Quartz out of South Korea. Seoul will be the first city government to join the metaverse. On November 3rd, the South Korean capital announced a plan to make a variety of public services and cultural events available in the metaverse, an immersive internet that relies on virtual reality. If the plan is successful, Seoul residents can visit a virtual city hall to do everything from touring a historic site to filing a civil complaint by donning virtual reality goggles. The South Korean city is planning to use artificial intelligence to monitor its sewers and water waste centers. An AI chatbot serves as a public concierge, fielding public questions and complaints related to everything from parking violations to COVID-19 protocols. Earlier this year, Seoul rolled out plans for a public Internet of Things network, a series of sensors and base stations throughout the city that collect data on things like traffic, public safety, and environmental metrics, and feed them into a central operations platform managed by city workers. So, what's the upshot for you? Sounds like the perfect place to wear our new Nikes. Check the transcript to find the link to the Nike story. Our next story out of Hong Kong comes to us from CyberScoop. Likely state-based hackers infected Hong Kong websites to spy on Apple users, Google says. Suspected foreign government-backed hackers infected websites belonging to a Hong Kong-based media outlet and pro-democracy group in a bid to install malware on visitors' Apple devices, Google researchers say. Google Threat Analysis Group discovered the watering hole attack in August, which relied on a previously unreported backdoor or zero-day flaw. Based on our findings, we believe this threat actor to be a well-resourced group, lightly state-backed, with access to their own software engineering team based on the quality of the payload code. While Google didn't attribute the attacks to a specific nation, China has long been suspected of conducting cyber espionage and sowing disinformation aimed at democracy advocates in Hong Kong. So what's the upshot for you? The vulnerability has been patched by Apple. Our next story from the GitHub blog is global. GitHub fixes authorization vulnerability in the NPM JavaScript's package registry. GitHub said it fixed a long-standing issue with the NPM Node Package Manager JavaScript registry that would allow an attacker to update any package without proper authorization. Chief Security Officer Mike Hanley posted yesterday about the issue, which was reported by security researchers on the 2nd of November and patched within six hours. That impressive speed contrasts with the length of time that vulnerability existed, said to be longer than the time frame for which we have available telemetry, which goes back to September 2020. The vulnerability was based on a familiar insecurity pattern where the system correctly authenticates a user but then allows access beyond that user's permissions should enable. In this case, the NPM service correctly validated that a user was authorized to update a package, but the service that performs underlying updates to the registry data determined which package to publish based on the contents of the uploaded package file. This discrepancy provided an avenue by which requests to publish new versions of a package would be authorized for one package, but would actually be performed for a different and potentially unauthorized package. So what's the upshot for you? To their credit, they fixed it fast. But holy Toledo, Batman, this vulnerability was in place for a long time. From The Verge comes our next story out of the U.S. Spend your crypto going to the movies this holiday season. AMC Theaters, which is perhaps the king of meme stocks, promised in August that you'd be able to pay for tickets and concessions with Bitcoin. By the end of the year and now, you can do just that. 
Bitcoin isn't the only cryptocurrency you'll be able to use. AMC is also accepting Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, and Litecoin for online purchases. At checkout on AMC's website, PayPal is listed as a payment method with a note that it supports cryptocurrencies. Presumably, that means you'll have to log in with your PayPal account and select any cryptocurrency that's accessible there to pay for tickets or concessions. So what's the upshot for you? Alas, if you have any coin jangling around in your pockets, apparently this only works online. But according to the CEO, crypto already accounts for 14% of our total online transactions. Oh, and um, no Dogecoin yet. Our next story from the International Business Times. New class of drug reverses paralysis in mice. U.S. scientists have developed a new form of drug that promotes the regeneration of cells and reversed paralysis in mice with spinal injuries, allowing them to walk again within four weeks of treatment. The research was published in the journal Science, and the team of Northwestern University scientists behind it hopes to approach the Food and Drug Administration as early as next year to propose human trials. The NU research team used nanofibers to mimic the architecture of the extracellular matrix, a naturally occurring network of molecules surrounding tissue that is responsible for supporting cells. Each fiber is about 10,000 times narrower than a human hair, and they're made up of hundreds of thousands of bioactive molecules called peptides that transmit signals to promote nerve regeneration. The therapy was injected as a gel into tissue surrounding the spinal cords of lab mice 24 hours after an incision was made in their spines. The team decided to wait a day because humans who receive a devastating spinal injury from car accidents, for example, or gunshots and so on, also experience delays in getting treatment. Four weeks later, mice who received the treatment regained their ability to walk almost as well as before the injury. Those left untreated did not. So what's the upshot for you? The upside is that the nervous system is highly similar across mammal species, so testing will move on to human trials quickly. The downside is that this area of research is littered with false starts and really doesn't have anything to do with IT privacy and security. Our next story from the BBC News out of Egypt. Hundreds stung by scorpions after deadly floods. Egypt is home to fat-tailed scorpions that are among the most deadly in the world. Venom from a black fat tail can kill humans in under an hour. Symptoms related to widespread venom effects can include difficulty breathing, muscle twitching, and unusual head movements. Anti-venom is used as a preventative measure before symptoms arise, but can also work once symptoms start to worsen. So, what's the upshot for you? People were urged to stay at home and avoid places with many trees. That is, keep working in front of that computer. Out of the U.S., our final story from CNN. America is hiring a record number of robots. Companies in North America added a record number of robots in the first nine months of this year as they rushed to speed up assembly lines and struggled to add human workers. Factories and other industrial users ordered 29,000 robots, 37% more than during the same time last year, valued at $1.48 billion, according to data compiled by the industry group, the Association for Advanced Automation. The rush to add robots is part of a larger upswing in investment as companies seek to keep up with strong demand, which in some cases has contributed to shortages of key goods. At the same time, many firms have struggled to lure back workers displaced by the pandemic and view robots as an alternative to adding human muscle to their assembly lines. In 2020, combined robot sales to other types of businesses surpassed the auto sector for the first time, and that trend continued this year. 
In the first nine months of the year, auto-related orders for robots grew 20% to 12,544 units, while orders by non-automotive companies expanded 53% to 16,355. It's not that automotive is slowing down. Auto is up, but other sectors, from metals to food manufacturers, are growing even faster. Athena Manufacturing, which does metal fabrication for other manufacturers in Austin, Texas, now has seven robots, including four installed this year. It bought its first machine in 2016. Robots have helped Athena respond to a surge in demand, including a 50% jump in orders for parts used by semiconductor equipment manufacturers. The machines also allowed Athena to move to an around-the-clock operation for the first time last year. The company employs 250 people, but would have struggled to find workers to fill unpopular overnight shifts. So, what's the upshot for you? Cue the Justin soundtrack. Well, that's it for George and his boy Elroy. But us, we'll be back with more tantalizing stories of IT privacy, security, and maybe even more scorpion stings. Until then, be kind, stay safe, stay secure, and see you in seven.